When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Is it my intro? No, but like we're not we're not getting there. Like you're telling me this lady fucking she ran out to like save her dog and got gotcha bitch by a gator yeah I'll, I'll pull it up for you slide l woman alligator you can write attack but she she's dead so uh attack uh remains of missing slide l man found in belly of 504 pound maybe it was a man i thought it was a woman uh, remains of missing Slidell man found in belly of 504-pound alligator corner confirms 504 is our area code. So, you know, the alligator was straight repping the lawns. The human remains found inside of a 12-foot alligator in the marsh near Slidell are those of Timothy Satterley Sr., a 71-year-old man whose wife said she witnessed him being attacked by a gator, then frantically left to seek help. The St. Tammany Parish coroner said Thursday. Uh, Do-do-do-do. Let's see. Let's I know there was I know there was a more recent one. This happens like at least twice a year, maybe. <laughs> You're telling me someone charged to save thought they could wrestle a 12-foot gator to save their dog. I don't think that's that one. I'm trying to find the one about the woman. Um, because the woman one was the, the alligator attack. That uh, is well, absolutely like I said, it's not an attack, it's like you, you charged it. Um, well anyway um, oh here we go here we go uh oh. february 22nd 2023 um 85 year old woman killed after okay this is in southeast florida but this why happens in slidell consistently why is it the fucking old ass people why is it old ass people like why do old people why are they attacking alligators what do they think this is gonna because the, because they leave their animals and shit like outside like idiots okay. like you live not, off of the listen, water i am 21 years old and if i see an alligator eating my dog i'm going rip rest in peace brother you lived a good life if i let alone if i'm 85 <laughs> i'm not fucking like i'm not what the fuck am i gonna do well i guess they just truly love that animal so much that they forget that this thing's way more powerful than them but i tell you what though so you can actually it's jaw i forgot i forgot like the you know the strength of his jaws but like you can hold an alligator's mouth shut yeah with no problem because it it, yeah but other than that you're not getting that opportunity (laughs) yeah no like not a chance but anyway um, we are back. Welcome to Habs Nightly. <laughs> of Habs Nightly, yes. Um, your your hub for Habs content. Uh, we were in the middle of a conversation. We just hit record because because Mason was just blown away. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, the, that that actually blows my mind that you live with just like. So this was brought up. Uh, this there's no context to this this was brought up because i got pulled over today we were fishing alongside um a road that had a siphoning or a a pump station and uh 
all of these gators hang out by the pump station, obviously, because they pump a bunch of fucking fish into the, you know, into this side of the water and the gators just know it's coming. So they're just lingering around. And I sent them some pictures and a video of me fishing along the bank with like alligators. I don't know, like. You sent me a 10 feet away, of, maybe. Yeah. With some gators. Just yeah. Not- I just think it's weird. Like two little three foot alligators, three and a half foot alligators. And basically, basically you just want to cast past them and, and to one side. And if you catch something, you need to reel it in quick because they all just like magnets, like just turn and go towards it. But the whole time you like you're fishing that spot, there's like shit getting eaten, like in the water, like you'll just see like big splashes and it's more or less that that's going on (laughs) but i want to get to like the emphasis of like why i have this discussion because i'm saying like you live next to gators right you're telling me when you were like a teenager like i'm not saying like you weren't like maybe you weren't like the part partaker but you didn't like just like was it not a thing in your youth to just like bitch slap a, a, a an alligator you're um, fucking retarded dude you're no not at all not at all you're telling no. me no one did no. that i know look, damn man, well. look look i was going to high school and there were no. alligators because no. we're right on the water and there were alligators right there absolutely there would be dudes sitting there going i bet you like 10 bucks you won't like go like tap that like two foot alligator on the head no we didn't have a, that's why you see all the old people dying of alligator attacks because i guess the kids are just like yeah no you're, you're really and telling it's not it's not like, in my backyard like I, I i had to drive like 20 minutes okay it's like not in my backyard like you're you're thinking it is like we went to high about. school we didn't have we had to jump fences to get to the mississippi river but you didn't know at least one fucking like. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of fucking down road idiots that I grew up with. These southern boys that that would have slapped an alligator. I'm sure. You they were fucking I'm idiots. Shocked that you don't know anyone that has like. Oh, I know people that have done it. I'm just saying. That's what I'm saying. You described <laughs> it as if it was like uh, the high school pastime. Like, yeah, man. We're gonna go smoke some Marlboro Reds and slap alligators. That's <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. Because I no, know dude. our high school Bro, was I, not down the road. I I am a young man. I've been a <laughs> I've been a teenage boy. Like absolutely, I could just I just know that that is going on down there. Like some kids. No, like, absolutely. That, some that kids like no down. balls, no balls. You won't. Dude, no balls all day. Tell you that. Fuck that! You're telling me I just lost my high school ring, Ricky. Jesus! (laughs) What about half your hands gone? (laughs) What about like one of the tiny ones, like a one foot alligator? You wouldn't like? Yeah, but I'm okay. So I don't know, man. You're describing it as if, as if I'm gonna walk into a body of water and slap a. An Don't alligator. they like chill on like fucking golf? Yes, places? yes. We talked about this. So, um, the Zurich Classic that I always worked that I used to tell you all about. Well, I don't work it anymore, but um, yes, there's a famous, I'd say like a six, seven foot alligator that lives on the golf course, and it's it's so common that it's if you play any of the PGA like the modern games that have the Zurich classic in it, the alligators on like the, I think 15th hole, something like that. Yeah. But like, so you're, you're telling me like when you're golfing and there's like a one foot alligator there. Yeah. 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 There's idiots bopping it. it. Yeah. There's idiots bopping it. So yeah. Yeah. That happens, Mason. Okay. That happens. I don't do it, but it does happen. Never, you've never like been in a in a circle of dudes. No, I didn't fuck with the down road kids. They were racist idiots. You should go pet that that marsh puppy. Okay, so you're telling me. All right, so you're making it. I have petted alligators, okay, but not in the way you're thinking. So my grandpa, my pop, my papa Jerry, his brother 
my uncle, I, I called him my uncle Alec, or it was Uncle Pat, one of those two. I get those two confused because um, they kind of look similar, and I didn't see them a lot because they were from fucking down the road, like in Regio or um, Wyklosky. I think they were in Regio. I think my father's from here. Okay, so anyway. Um, so, yeah, one of either Uncle Alec or Uncle Pat, they raised alligators, so they had an above ground That's swimming pool. That's not the same. That's not the same. What do you mean it's not the same? It's gotta be a fucking a no. I've never done that, dude. You're fucking tripping. No, but I have held alligators and all that shit. I've fed them. Um, but no, as a fucking teenager, I was more worried about getting high and going to fucking metal and ska shows. And doing not down road shit. That is disappointing. I dude, I skateboarded and all that. I was into like the New Orleans scene, not fucking. Are there no alligators in the city of New Orleans? I mean, I'm sure one could walk if it wanted, if it came up off the Mississippi and just decided to go up the I side of the they, by I the river they, walk. They like they lived in the, the sea too. I don't fucking know if they live in the sea. I'm sure they do. It's the Gulf. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I, I just assumed they'd be like swimming look, like the look, fucking. Let's day. just let if we if we went into the catacombs of New Orleans, I'm sure we'd come across an alligator, if that's what you're asking. But no, you're not walking down fucking Decatur or Bourbon or Frenchman or Canal, and it oh look, it's a fucking alligator. That's depressing. No, you could probably see one off the river walk if you really looked. My mental image of yeah, you you're uh, like in this Disney fucking fantasy. Like this thing's gonna be like my name's like August, and and I play fucking clarinet. No, I, I assume that it's a vicious animal <laughs> that wants to eat you. I just thought, like, you lived beside them. We drive beside them. Like, there's times where you're late to work and there's a fucking alligator crossing. Oh, my God. Could you... <laughs> what the fuck would hitting an alligator be like? Just, it would destroy your vehicle, probably. I, I feel like it wouldn't though. Like they're not like that not bad. not not like like blowing the like front end. Bump. I'm talking like yeah, it'd be a speed bump that would cause like like that that the wheel well that like joint to fucking pop out of place. Yeah, maybe. And then it probably wouldn't kill him. Did I tell you that I fucking I I failed to mention this um the death of the CRV. My Honda CRV with like three hundred twenty thousand kilometers on her. Mm-hmm. CRVs are sick. I, I'm starting to think that I may have a vendetta against raccoons because I'm realizing I hit a raccoon three days before that thing. Oh, poor raccoon! No, fuck the raccoon. Why? That's so mean. Well, because he, I think this raccoon, this little ball, 20 pound ball of like rabies is the reason. I just started thinking about this the other day. It's the reason my car died. How? Did his blood change the levels? Well, have you ever hit, have you hit a raccoon, Corey? No, I, I, I don't hit animals. I've hit two raccoons in my, my driving career. Jesus. My wife tells me that if if a if a deer's in front of me, I'm supposed to speed up, uh, in hopes to obliterate it, so it doesn't come through the windshield. Oh, if you hit a deer, you're dead. Like, yeah. What you drive? Yeah. The Corolla, you're dead. Mm-hmm. But no, when you hit a raccoon, dude, it's like I don't even know. It's imagine hitting like a fucking. Like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, like, like a spare tire in the road. Like it, it just—it's like, dump. like it, it destroy your bumper. But I, uh, I tried to avoid this little bastard, and he like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, 
too many animals have died from not being able to make a decision. So he like he was going like he was gonna keep running down the like he was gonna like turn back right to like run back off the road. <laughs> so I went I, I veered I veered a little left, but there was a car coming the other way, so it couldn't go that far. I was like, okay, maybe I'll like clip his tail. And then he doubled back on himself, and like instead of like running, he like threw like with every <laughs> like every like fiber muscle fiber in his body like like he was trying to like make like a fucking end zone touchdown catch like threw his body out like little arms in the air face first so like i just fucking i obliterated this raccoon's head that makes me so sad dude but like he died instantly so like yeah yeah that's fine but but it got like because it like it kind of hit the like light part of it first i think it like flew like kind of like dragged him and like so he like was going with the tire for a bit it was like the most disgusting noise in a car and I've now like I in th- like I kind of happened and like the car was running fine and I was like well didn't even think about it I like sprayed off my tire the next day and went going but now I'm thinking this fucking raccoon is probably what killed my fucking car. That is so fucking sad. <laughs> I know I had that car for. Oh, I'm talking about the raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the raccoon, dude! I'm laughing right now. Um, I'm just on Twitter scrolling through your raccoon story. And, um, according to Shang Peng, who used to work with the hockey podcast network, uh, he's got it reported that the San Jose Sharks are leaning towards drafting Will Smith with the fourth overall pick. And, uh, I laughed because I, as that is a great pick. Um, but that just means someone like Leo Carlson or Matt V. Mitchkov, I doubt Fantilli, <laughs> but that means like one of those three guys is going to be readily available to us if they go that route. And I just think it's, I think it's hilarious. Um, because I can, I just, I can feel my cousin's anger. Yeah, like in, to get into hockey, uh, a lot of interesting stuff with the draft combine going on. Um, Mishkov obviously not able to attend. Uh, there's, I guess, there's some visa issues. They actually did invite nine Russian players, mm. so that's interesting. It's kind of difficult um, to you know get those those assessments on. Yeah, but. Yeah, some interesting stuffs. Kent Hughes's uh, quotes the other day actually put a lot of um, kind of restored some of the faith that I'd been losing in the organization. Talking about prioritizing skill over size and position. Yeah, basically saying they're going to draft the best player, the best player available. He said if the if the skill is absolutely comparable, we'll draft for position. But he says we're not going to draft a guy that we think is worse than another guy because he has position. So that is inspiring. Now, the only hurdle you have to overcome is do the Habs have <laughs> faith in Mishkov's abilities or you know other Benson, Smith, whoever? And are they overrating a guy like David Reinbacker? Um, there are still some you know concerns, but... I do believe that the Montreal Canadiens are going to draft a forward. I don't think, I know this Ryan Backer talks, and I won't be shocked if they draft him, but I think the Habs are going to go forward. I just don't see people talking about, oh, it's why a would we? Why would we grab another? They say, they say it's a position. <laughs> they say it's a position need, Corey, because he's a right-handed D. But... I still don't think the Habs are that worried about offside. Like, I just feel like we could we could shop for a guy. Yeah, and 
look, Ken Hughes does not strike me as a guy that doesn't understand the value of players. He's a fucking, he was a fucking player agent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at a guy like David Reinbacher, I'm sure he's going to be a solid defenseman. I think he might be able to run a power play. And these are also reports that I'm, you know, we well, why do we need that? If my, we hear from guys like Scott Wheeler, he might be able to run a power play, power play two, power play one, top four guy, you know, maybe a guy you could pay in top fair. He's not going to be a number one defenseman, but those are guys you can sign. And those are guys that exist elsewhere. You cool. don't sign as the Habs are finding out now with the whole Pierre-Luc Dubois debacle, you don't sign in free agency elite point producing forwards. You draft those guys. Yeah. Or you pay up the ass. And I was going to say, if which kind of leads into another thing we're going to talk about, which is uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. But let's... That's let's, what I'm saying. Like, we could draft a guy or we could spend 10000 I mean, $10 million to get a guy. It's just... Stupid. Um, also, why would we? Is Reinbacher Reinbacher that much better than um, Axel Sandin Polika, who I've heard more shit about than Reinbacher? I feel like only the Habs community is worried about this guy. I know he's talented. He's gonna be a. I think. Like, I do think Reinbacher is the better option. Okay. You look at what Reinbacher's doing in that league. He is like, I, I, I'm not, for me, it's not really a question of if Ryan Backer is the best prospect. Well, well he's not the best, guy. obviously. Uh, I mean, defensively. Oh, okay. Like, the, I'm not saying he's going to be the best defenseman from the draft. I'm not that definitive in it. But does he look like the best prospect? From my viewings, my limited viewings and, you know, watching tape and, and listening to people I trust in the, scouting community i do believe david reinbacher will be the best def- he'll be the first defenseman chosen and probably rightfully so there are guys like you said send and pelica simashev there are guys uh willander that are going to be you know quality defenders but i do think reinbacher will be the number one defenseman selected and i do think he looks to be the best prospect but in saying that and kind of alluding to your point as well, this is a heavily, heavily, heavily favored forward draft. It is deep in nothing but forwards. There, there are not a lot of goalie prospects. There isn't a huge plethora of elite defensive prospects. This is a forward draft, and it still remains one of the strongest drafts we've seen in recent memory. So that means you should probably, if you're drafting top five, you should probably be drafting the forward. I just, yeah, like to me, it's like why why would we want to make because like along the line, if you don't go forward, if you don't take one of these elite guys, you know, one through six, you're gonna kick yourself in the ass years later. Like, yeah, I think there's only seven defensemen. And you know, projected to go, you know, in the first round. But I mean, we still, we still, yeah. Um, but we still have a second pick, even with it being so far back. There's going to be, it's probably going to be a defenseman, or we can pull from this, you know, the next group of kids, you know, thirty-three to what sixty-four. I don't know. I think it's so. If we go defenseman, it, 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 I'm not the smartest when it comes to this side of it. I just passionate fan bullshit. But why would we, why would we skip on so many talented forwards to bring in a guy that's got to sit behind such a long list of defensemen we have? Yeah, I just I don't really see the. Like is is we draft David Reinbacher in two years, three years when he's ready to come in, is he gonna be taking a job from Gooley? Well, you know what Harris? I'll argue? you know how I'll I will argue here <clears throat> that I almost I agree with what you're saying, but I don't like the reasoning because 
you're saying, oh, we shouldn't draft this guy because, you know, it's, it's not a, it's already a position of strength in the organization. And I, I think that reasoning is almost counterintuitive and counter like to what we're trying to say. We're like, we want them to draft the best player available. Right. And I think that that is better reasoning to have against drafting Ryanbacher than say the position. I would say almost. Well, that's fair. No, that's that's absolutely fair. Yeah, like our strength at D allows us to draft to go outside of a to not have to reach right because let let's ignore you know if Ryanbacker was the best player is the best player on the board when the halves are drafting at any particular moment, they should pick him. Yeah. The rest they'll figure out later. But our D are strong enough that we don't need to reach. Because some teams do need to reach on D. Yeah. It it, it does happen. Fortunately for us, it's not that case for this draft. So we should steer clear of that. Absolutely. Especially with much safer options to make the nhl much safer options to be star which is what you want yeah. in top five. you're not looking for an nhl player in the top five when you're drafting top five the odds it's going to be an nhl player are exuberant they're very it's very likely you're drafting a guy who's going to play nhl games unless you really fuck up you are not the aim is to draft a star a leader a franchise player cornerstone yeah yeah and honestly the longer this drags out the more confident i am that montreal (laughs) is going to make a good decision because even if you here's how i'll chalk it up i really want the habs to draft matt bay mishkov um who knows if he'll be there because i think it's funny habs twitter is in such a bubble and like the habs media even if you're listening to like TSN talking about, Oh, like basically this like certainty that he's going to be there at five. Right. You've got, I want to say like at least two or three, I want to, let's say three other franchises that are doing exact same. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say three. You've got Ducks fans are probably happy with Fantilli, but I'll include them. Ducks fans, Columbus fans, and Sharks fans going, oh my God, like I'm they're having the same question, like conversations on Twitter about how their team should draft Mishkov and they're afraid he, you know, he's gonna fall or they're gonna pass. Like this is a very divisive player. And it's not just is he divisive at five. This is a player that fan bases organization scouts are talking about going second overall this mm-hmm. is a guy that was in the conversation to go i don't think he overall. moves past three unfortunately i think every like one and two like you said are comfortable and i think three has to go mad vay you I would just, think but i i i don't we saw it with with what's his name last year um shane wright but like you're saying though like Columbus, Sharks, Habs, as much as it's not being talked about, like, I guess we, we're not listening to those sides of the fans, but it's got to be all the same. Like, management is probably going to say it, Michkov, like, and everyone else I, just I gets the really, pick of I really don't Carlson I, Benson. I don't see Yarmo as much being the fear, to be honest, of drafting Michkov. They you think well. it's going to be more of the Sharks? I would be more worried about the Sharks or Anaheim than I would be about Yarmo. <clears throat> now, Yarmo does have – what Yarmo does have is he has his Yarmo factor where he's unpredictable and he, mm-hmm. he's not afraid. <laughs> he's not afraid to make off the board. He moves. just blows it up if he wants to. Right? He'll make off the board moves. He'll do whatever he thinks is best. but. When it's this open, I almost feel like that makes it even less predictable because he could very well draft Will Smith. There, there's been a lot of talk that the Columbus Blue Jackets love Will Smith. He hmm. could go Leo Carlson. He's got that Scandinavian blood, right? Like that's mm-hmm. a region 
familiar with. He could fucking go Zach Benson for all we know, right? This is it's Yarmo. Like he could he could draft a guy you've never heard of. It's Yarmo. Like I just <laughs> to say that he'll draft Mishkov, I think you're is the wrong guy to gamble on. The Sharks, I think absolutely the Sharks could be a contender. And I think you know, when people talk about they're worried about him coming over to the NHL, I don't see that honestly as a concern. But if you're San Jose, and even if even if you think that might be a concern and that's what's holding you back, say your San Jose ownership or GM, California is a fucking nice place to live. San Jose is a nice city. There's no tax. It's warm there. If that is a concern of yours and you're the GM for San Jose, you're going to be almost reassured, right? That, okay, this is, you know, he, we could talk him to coming over here. It's nice here. <laughs> um, and you look at the way that team is built. They're going into a full retool. They're going into a full rebuild here. And they're, they're at the very start because they still have aging players. It's mm-hmm. going to, like, if San Jose was bad this year, they're going to get fucking worse. Carlson, they're going to try to deal him. Coacher, maybe they'll keep him. But, you know, like, Timo Meyer was yeah. just beginning. So, I don't think San Jose is a team that's going to be a scared off by, you know, Matt Vemishkov not wanting to come. I don't think they're going to be scared off about three years. They're not going to No, because be they're... Years. Of the top five teams, San Jose will be the worst in three years. I would argue, especially look at Columbus. If you want to go back to Columbus and Yarmo drop, Yarmo's making moves that make it look like he wants to win now, like sooner yeah. than later. And Kane, they just grabbed uh, what's his name, Everson. Um, yeah. They got Provorov. They're dealing futures for these guys, and they got they pulled in Babcock, the coach. Yeah, so this is a team that and that has a lot of prospects already. I'm not convinced that's a team that is going to want to wait three years. No, but uh, I just say I I fear the Sharks for all these reasons a lot right. more than I fear Columbus drafting Mishkov. I understand. Like you can you can see everyone else is like we're looking at retoolers, and then the Sharks are like, no, we're we're under construction. I'll be honest. If there's a team that I think in that top five is the most perfect landing spot for Mishkov. It might be the San Jose Sharks. Um, They don't have a face. Like there's no face to that rebuild. Mm -hmm. I can't think of that. I can't even think of a fucking Sharks prospect off the top of my head right now, being honest. I don't know if that's an indictment of they give, they give a lot of their players away. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if that's an indictment to their, (laughs) their prospects or if that's an indictment to my hockey knowledge right now but i can't like maybe william eckland i would say yeah. is probably the the guy that comes to mind but there's not it's not a very deep pool at all like yeah i'm looking looking sorry briefly looking here thomas bordelow is their second rated prospect alex kamvelski a 23 year like these are guys a lot of you guys haven't heard of that's a team that, you know, Mave Mishkov comes in. They're not going to get him for a couple of years. They're going to continue to suck, trade away guys for futures. And then they'll have a 21-year-old Mishkov come in in three years as they've amassed some prospects. And he will immediately be the face of that franchise. Mm. He'll be coming in. It'll be like a fucking Kaprizov situation, but better. Yeah. And he'll and then- sell... It's, also, uh, like all of the vets will be rolling out too, so it'd be like if that's if that's the guy they're giving the keys to, he's like with one like journeyman left and just well, running it himself. And you talk about growing the game too, um, in terms of just it being the perfect landing spot, Mishkov in California, like that's yeah. I don't think Mishkov has the potential to be the kind of offensive producer that the West coast hasn't seen since like Gretzky. Maybe I'm, I'm probably like over being over dramatic there, but yeah, you don't think Zegras or 
Zegers will not produce offensively to the capacity that like when we're talking about Mishkov's offensive capability, we're talking about a guy that could put up more points than Connor Bedard. That's like, like that, that's the level of Mishkov's when people, how do I explain this? Mishkov, for those of you who aren't aware or, you know, aren't into the scouting as much Mishkov, when they say rank him lower than Bedard and lower than these players, it's not because these guys are going to score more points than Matt V. Mishkov. The only guy in that draft that's like, going to get close is him. That's going to like this is assuming every player hits their peak. Okay. Mm-hmm. Every player in that draft hits their peak. The only guy that's going to even brush shoulders with Mishkov in points is Bedard. And that one that's saying brushing shoulders because it's likely that Mishkov could score more points offensively he is a dynamo and he is one of the best offensive prospects to enter the nhl in like decades if he does like you're talking video game numbers here like <laughs> connor bedard will win art ross trophies matt Bamishkov, if he enters the nhl and hits his development curve will win art ross trophies hmm that's a lot to like not a lot of guys a lot of guys put up point a game not a lot of guys win the scoring title and that's the kind of player you're getting with Matt Vaymishkov he doesn't care about defense he's a <laughs> no it's it's true he no is, that's fine you know i like, just imagine, i love how you put it imagine alex ovechkin right mm-hmm. early alex ovechkin didn't give a shit about defense yeah he was little not, not playing in the dead puck era and who can pass yeah Mavi mishkov is a passing high like talking about that level of offensive mindedness mm. when you're talking Mavi mishkov he will absolutely like yeah when i say like he could be the face of california sid hybrid I don't mean that like in terms of stylistically. <laughs> that's not what I mean at all. I just meant in the sense that Ovi, when he was young, that's all he cared about was offense. Yeah, he was like the perfect. He was the creator character. Big hits, a lot of goals. Yeah, and that's a very Russian mindset of hockey. But to get back to the point, I I truthfully believe San Jose would probably for the league and for the player um maybe make the most sense for each other it could be the perfect but montreal of that top five is probably the second best option for him truthfully i think it's kind of a similar situation in montreal where this isn't this is a team that while they they do have faces to their rebuild caulfield suzuki and slaff they don't have not one of those guys looks to be a superstar yet. Anyway, I don't. I don't think any of either three of them will be a superstar, and it's almost better in the win now phase because for Mishkov, you have him like, come in. You're gonna lead that team, but you have backbone. You've got your Malkins, right? Like you've mm-hmm. got your second fiddle stars. Um. So, yeah, I think this it's really interesting conversation in that top five because Matt, like you said, Matt Vemishkov could go second overall. He could go 10th overall. I don't know. And it's interesting to just have a player this divisive. I, it almost hurts my brain that the Habs have had the, the two like kind of highest, most important picks in my lifetime for the Habs mm-hmm. are going to be like back to I back. last year was divisive. <laughs> Right, yeah. this is more gonna be more divisive. This pick, it's crazy the conversation surrounding this top five. Because hmm. even with the the clearly defined number one player, you still have all this conversation. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's almost like we're not even talking about Bedard anymore. No, because it's just like there's no way he can fall. You know, like what everyone saying that last year is in like. It's just unheard of this year. It's unheard of. You know what to expect. Number one, he's going. If he if he falls, the world's gonna explode. Like people are gonna freak the fuck out. But I get what you're saying about uh 
about us and that there's no talk of Bedar anymore. You know what he's got? Now it's just a roulette of two through six. Yeah, and fuck. <laughs> I just, yeah, like, it's crazy to me that we're getting one of the most talented players to ever enter the NHL in this draft. And, it, you know, we're talking about picks two through, two through five. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Moving on from that, uh, before we do so, actually, um, it's great to talk about the NHL draft and prospects. Like, you know, it's one of our favorite topics on the show. It's important to the Habs right now. But uh, I do I do have another kind of draft I absolutely love. And that is why we have a message from our friends at DraftKings. That's right, folks. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 and older in most eligible states, but Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Term at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. Good Lord. All right, Mason, we're back. Beautiful. Yes. Was it? Um, it didn't feel like it. <laughs> it's so much, so much extra beef. Yeah, well, that's fine. And you know, on on to like the news, I think that's kind of taken over Habsland. And and this has been a topic for a long time, but we're getting a lot of new information here. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois will not sign a contract with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, we knew he wasn't going to sign a long-term deal, but he will not be signing a one-year deal. He wants out. He wants to be traded. Look, I honestly think, and Corey, you can tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. that Pierre-Luc Dubois getting traded, if he gets traded, I think that instead of going to, because it'll be a sign in trade, right? Mm-hmm. Realistically, I think that that outcome, if he gets signed and traded, the odds he goes to the Habs are minimal. I mm-hmm. truly believe that. And I know that might be, I think, because it, it's been such a predetermined he will be a Hab. Everyone's kind of, it's been the worst kept secret in hockey. But I want to get your opinion on that because I I just if he's signed and trade traded, I do not think it'll be to the Montreal Canadiens. Well, at this point, I don't even think he's gonna come. I never really had faith in it. It was a, a fun pipe dream, but if he gets signed traded, he's not coming. Number one. That's a long term. If he goes to UFA, I think that he'll be a Montreal Canadian. Yeah, if he goes to UFA, but I don't see that happening. And but I'm not if, that's not, I'm not ta- I just mean, are you agreeing that if like if he does get signed and traded? I oh yeah, he's not coming. He's not coming. And if he does, I think it's gonna be a big mistake. And unfortunately, a lot of people, including myself, will probably lose some faith in and Kent Hughes and and Gordon. I think it's a great – I think it'd be good for the Habs, but I don't think that that's the win-now guy. It's We're not in – we're not in a position for that to even work. And I think when you look at, like, who the Habs, like, the Jets would be interested in because we've been told they're not interested in futures. Yeah. So it's pick, it's pick or current. 
Well, no, it's not pick. They're they're no, not. They wouldn't take like okay. Well, that's good because I've seen assholes want, that are putting the fifth overall want, pick in, in they this. They want NHL players, and you look wow. at who the Habs have. Everyone in hockey knows that you're not gonna fucking get Cole Caulfield or Nick Suzuki, so take them off the table. No, you're gonna have to drop what? like two to three guys and then take on a big contract. No. You're a Jurasovkovsky not going to be included the guy the jets are going to ask for is kirby doc and realistically that is not a deal i think even if it's a one-for-one swap that i think the habs win kirby doc is coming off season in which he demonstrated that he could be you know he could put out some big fucking points Mm -hmm. i think he's actually he's a very clutch player and we got to learn that this year 38 points in 58 games played, as opposed to um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who I think actually had a worse um, points per game, if I'm not mistaken. Let me quickly um, load that up um, here in a second if my internet will... Yeah, Dubois had 63. uh, Dubois did have a more points per game but you're looking at the age kirby doc's 21 like kirby doc could easily turn into a similar if not better player and he's younger and you're going to be paying him less money Mm -hmm. so one for one swap like the halves aren't going to make that so like who do the halves have beyond that that the jets would even be interested in is my Mm. question like josh anderson and plus Josh Anderson Mike and Matheson. I mean there's a there's there's talk that they're gonna move um oh why am I blanking? Uh their their goalie. Allen? No, not not from us, from from the Jets. Oh yeah, Hellbuck. I, I'm not yeah, even Connor Hellbuck. Not even gonna entertain that. I just mean like well, I'm saying like they're not they're if they're tempted to move him. You know, we give them uh, an average, you know, uh, Anderson. But um, I, th- I don't think Josh Anderson holds nearly as much trade value as people think he does, or at least doesn't anymore. Doesn't anymore. Yeah. And no, like, I, I'm not, I'm also not seeing a one for one. Like, I'm, I'm saying if we have to bring in, if we, if we get to bring him in off of play now players, it's going to be a three player trade. Like I'm not Three saying they're gonna be they want NHL players, but if you're throwing in like Mike Matheson, they're gonna take like prospects or something. Mm-hmm. Which you know that's but I would I would think Mike Matheson, I don't know. That Mike Matheson's the only player that I can I think that I would, would be a one for one. I wouldn't I no, he wouldn't be a one for one. That's the thing. He's worth way less than Pierre Luc Dubois, but he's the only other guy that I think they would want realistically. And I just, I don't know. I just, it doesn't, the best way I could put it. And I think like, I think like it kind of makes sense to me is that Montreal has been the obvious. It's been the landing spot. It's been the destination of Pierre-Luc Dubois desire for a long time. The Habs are interested. The Jets want to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. If there was a deal that was obvious it would have been done by now. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, sure. the teams, no, that's fair. The fact, if this was easy to complete on the surface level, it would be finished. So I don't think, I think like there's no scenario in which one team isn't going to get shafted you're either going to have like the only way this deal happens is if the jets decide the return isn't going to be what they want from anywhere else so they sell low to the habs or if the habs decide they really want dubois and they overpay i think there's only one outcome and it's overpayment that but i'm saying those are the the two outcomes that can happen here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. It, and that's if the Habs choose to acquire. And I just don't think I don't see either team budging. I like so, Pierre Luc Dubois. I've loved the idea of it, but I don't think he's make or break for a team that's going nowhere for a couple of years. 
I just don't see how bringing him in puts us that much closer to a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Like, I don't think the team, like, yeah, he'd be great in the playoffs. But we have no team around him to make him get to the playoffs. I just, his, his time of being the best he can be is now. And I don't see us being anywhere close to getting, having guys on the same page and making it back. I just think it's a waste. Yeah, it's interesting. I I think that it's definitely something that I'm sure has been thought through a lot by fans and even more by management. And it'll be interesting to see the route in which, you know, this whole place, you know, this whole debacle takes, but Mm -hmm. I just don't foresee. I think the odds, I think I am without a shadow of a doubt. I am absolutely positive. Pierre-Luc Dubois wants to become a have and he will do everything he can to become a have. But I think that the odds are now less than they were. I think he, he had a better shot three years ago i think he had he a does. better i think he had a better shot three months ago for it's just this, yeah i just i don't know like if this was if this came up two years down the line we jump on it but right now it just I, there's too many variables that, changes everything yeah everything for the habs but um <laughs> with that being said um I'm not sure there's too much for us to talk about. Did you have anything else you wanted to add here? You want to jump on the PGA train on just beating the wheels off of them? Uh, I want to, I almost want to just wait to see where this next press conference goes. When is it? When is it? Soon. They're done. They're going to be done the Canadian Open here in a couple days. Oh, it started? Or is that next week? I got to watch that. It started. So um, then you'll see players really start to, you know. Yeah, just let it swing. <laughs> what a shit show, dude. All right. Well, um, without further ado, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for com- coming by, listening to the episode. Once again, we appreciate your support. Um, we'll be getting back to you guys soon, uh, apparently with some PGA talks. That'll be exciting. Um so you guys take her easy, and we'll see you guys next time. Oh, um, how did we not bring this up? Uh, condolences to anyone affected by the Canadian wildfires that are going on right now. Um, that's terrible. Yeah. yeah um, you know, kind of a big deal in Canada right now. Um, something we live – well, they especially on the West Coast, Canadians live with yearly but um bad this year so yeah condolences go out to uh, anyone affected yeah anyway thank you all so much this has been halves night you're listening to the hockey podcast network New shows every day. Find us at the hockey podcast network.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.